Most women destined to suffer myocardial infarction do so well into the menopause, yet a few unlucky women have heart attacks at an early age. Why? You're listening to ReachMD, XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. Our guest today is Dr. Judith Lichtman, who is looking into just this question. She received her doctorate in epidemiology at Yale University's School of Public Health, where she is an associate professor. She is also the co-principal investigator of the Virgo study and is looking into premature heart disease in women. Thank you for joining us today, Judith. It's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. What do we currently know about premature heart disease in women? What are the attack rates? What happens? We know that premature heart disease, as you point out, it's when you wouldn't characteristically expect to find it. Generally, that is in a younger age group. If we look at women, for example, who are 55 and under, that would be considered a group that would be premature. It's prior to menopause. Women often have a benefit where they lag behind men by as many as 10 years as far as their incidence rates and prevalence rates of heart disease. When we see it in a younger age group, as we're describing and we're interested in studying for the Virgo study, we're talking about that often a premenopausal group. They represent perhaps 5% of all heart disease in the country, but in fact it translates to almost 40,000 hospitalizations and 16,000 deaths annually. We believe that this group probably represents an extreme phenotype of disease in that, in fact, that they are experiencing it. It's a smaller percentage relative to all women. So what do we know so far? What's unusual about this select group? Are they heavier? Are they smokers? Do they have thrombophilias? What do we know about them? Well, it's an excellent question. I think there are tremendous gaps in our knowledge about this population. In fact, there have been no studies that have been dedicated specifically to this group of young women. In current studies about women in general, there may be a few women who are enrolled, but they're never really stratified. So what we do know is that in this younger age group, women who have heart disease are more likely to die than similarly aged men. They're twice as likely during the hospitalization and 50% as likely to die up to two years. So as far as directly responding to your question about why, it's a very important question that we really don't have the answer to yet. We think that it probably has a strong genetic component, meaning that this is an atypical age group for the disease. Certainly, a study that was done on Swedish twins found that among twins, those that were monozygous twins had a much higher rate of having an MI, if their twin had one, the rate dropped off with the other twins, and certainly that would lend evidence that there may be a strong genetic component. As far as addressing the other aspect of your question about what are the risk factor profiles, we don't know a great deal about it. We certainly, in some preliminary data that our group has been compiling, certainly in preparation for this large grant, we do find that family history is a big issue. In a pilot study we conducted of 24 young women, we found that 88% of them had a family history. So that could be a strong component. We also found that the risk factor profile can be high. We know in women, as compared to men, drawing from an older population, that certain risk factors may be stronger predictors of mortality in women than men. Some of those factors include high cholesterol and diabetes. We really don't know yet how these factors may play a role in the disease in young women. So as part of a study that we're proposing called the Virgo study, we're very interested in drawing genetic samples on these women to try and understand some of that. We're looking at biomarkers. We want to try and understand some of the interplay between these factors and disease outcomes for this population. 
What about the psychosocial factors you're studying in terms of trying to determine risk for heart disease or what's unique about this group of women who have premature heart disease? Well, I think there are a number of psychosocial factors that are going to be very important to study. In another multicenter study, again, an important study prior to this one, a multicenter study of AMI patients, we did find that young women were three times as likely to have depression following their MI as compared with similarly aged men. Some of the psychosocial factors that we really want to look at are certainly depressive symptoms, but also stress. I think that this is an interesting cohort to understand. Many of these young women are in the workforce. They're raising families. There's a lot of competing demand. I think that it's important for us to understand their social networks, social ties, as they may relate not only to their, certainly we're picking up women who've had disease, so it may not relate to whether or not they had heart disease, but these can be very important components in understanding their recovery. We certainly know, again, from populations of older women that women tend to be less likely to adhere to regimens, attend rehab. So we really want to understand how some of these factors may play a role in the early recovery and then also predict long-term outcomes. There's also been some interesting work on marital status, quality of marriage, stress and strain. These are also things that we want to try and understand to really get a sense of how women have competing demands. What are the factors that may contribute to their care and influence their lifestyle, influence their social networks, and then, as I say, predict some of their outcomes? Because these things may, in fact, influence adherence to medication, adherence to rehab, and other factors that have not been previously measured in this age group. If you have just joined us, you are listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson, and my guest is Dr. Judith Lickman, an associate professor in the School of Public Health at Yale University. We're discussing the reasons for premature heart disease in some women. Now, when you talked about psychosocial factors and even depression, is there any way to uh, measure depression before they actually get the heart disease? Maybe antecedent depression is a risk factor for a heart attack. Absolutely. I think one of the limitations, perhaps, of the study, not the study design, but of course, you have to identify a group. We are picking up women who have just had a heart disease. We are asking them questions about depressive symptoms prior to the event, whether or not they've been treated previously. Unfortunately, given the scope of the grant, we're not able to really, and the rarity of events for this population, we're unable to do the opposite, which would be to follow a large group of young women and see whether or not depression is then going to predict heart disease. We certainly are able to get a sense of their prior disease, prior to the actual heart attack, and we will be able to follow whether or not they have depressive symptoms at baseline, whether or not some of these depressive symptoms either increase or lessen in the early recovery period, and how those may be predictive of recurrent events and or other outcomes. Now, you had mentioned earlier that women are less likely to follow up, less likely to go to rehab. I take it you mean they're even less likely to do that than men? Yes. Actually, studies of older populations have indicated that women are less likely to follow up with rehab as compared with older men. And some of the factors that have been identified are not necessarily clear. And also, I think for this younger population, there really are no studies that specifically focus. We believe that given, again, that this is a population, all of the women would be 55 and under, many of them are or will be faced with competing demands, returning to work, managing their homes, certainly raising children. 
So we are very interested in learning about what factors may in fact both help and interfere with attending rehab and also adhering to lifestyle modifications such as increasing exercise, modifying diet, things that are really very important for secondary prevention in this population. Now, you'd also mentioned measuring depression over time. And, of course, the emphasis is on women, but certainly you're also measuring this in a 1,000 men as well. Absolutely. And the point's well taken that we really are trying to characterize what are the roles of psychosocial factors for both young men and women in their process of recovery following MI. My impression is there's probably not much data on men either in this age group. Correct. I think that I keep highlighting women because it's where we were looking to see, and certainly we see the largest gaps. But in fact, you're correct. As much as men have been studied for heart disease in general, I think some of the items and topics that we're picking that we think are very important really have not been showcased or highlighted in young men. So in talking with you, it also seems that your outcome measures actually extend far beyond just simple direct morbidity from heart disease and uh, mortality in young men and women. It sounds as though you're also going to be measuring depression at one year, presenting signs and symptoms, historical risk factors, and linking any associations to that and heart disease. Is that correct? That is correct, because I think the emphasis, certainly, I think early on the studies were about mortality, whether you survive or not. But I think, in fact, with many more people living with disease, and we certainly think there are outcomes that are very important to the individual, the quality of life aspects, as you point out, the ones you mentioned, but also the return to work, physical functioning, Certainly symptom burden, as you mentioned, is very important to know whether or not people are able to have very full, rich, active lives as they recover from their MI, measuring it by multiple domains. And in the study that is uh, largely looking at women, are you getting a, a full reproductive history, whether, for instance, they've had IVF or how many miscarriages and age at first pregnancy and oral contraceptive use? Yes, actually, all of those are factors that we will be collecting in this population. Again, I think that there's been very little evidence that's been gathered in this young age group. It's not to say that some of this hasn't been gathered in older populations retrospectively, but we think the fact that we are capturing women who almost a third of our population we anticipate will be premenopausal, small section will be perimenopausal, and the remainder obviously postmenopausal, we think that these factors would be very important to be able to look at, especially in the context of this premature presentation of heart disease. So yes, we are gathering information on their menstrual history, their parity, many of the factors that we think may be important in understanding the role, including use of hormones. Now, I imagine in uh, designing the study and in uh, deciding how many patients you needed, you were chiefly looking at perhaps three or four major outcomes, mortality, rate of return to the hospital, and subsequent hospital stay. So is your study big enough to detect some of these more subtle differences, such as depression at one year and differences in reproductive history? We believe so, but I also think that, again, because this is the first time that this kind of cohort has been examined, as you point out, the study was actually powered a statistical term, making sure that we would be able to detect differences based on our estimated difference between men and women. We certainly did power it on the primary outcomes. I think that as far as depressive symptoms, we have in another study with a smaller population of women been able to identify that this is a group at particularly high risk for depressive symptoms following MI. So certainly we are able to detect that difference. 
I think for some of the other outcomes, such as physical functioning, we also anticipate that we do have enough information. I think when we are looking at the relationships between menstrual history and or reproductive history, I think that we're trying to figure out whether there are important patterns to look at so that it was not necessarily, as I mentioned, using a statistical term powered on that. But we do believe, given the size of the cohort and the fact that it is an incredibly unique group that we're able to really assemble, that we will make important contributions on these topics. I want to thank Dr. Judith Lichtman, an associate professor in the School of Public Health at Yale University, who has been our guest. We have been discussing the reasons for premature heart disease in some women. I'm your host, Dr. Michael Benson. You have been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library in on-demand podcasts. Be safe. Be informed. Thank you for listening.